Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Treehouse Horror Review featuring myself and a most excellently dressed penguin, Crabsworth. Oh, uh, yes, hello. I'm so happy to be here on Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. It's truly excellent. <laughs> we, we, we actually get to talk about one of my favorite frickin' uh, Treehouse of Horrors uh, or Halloween episodes ever of the simpsons this time so uh, i'm super excited let's get through the crap and this is where the problems arise with the two of us uh anyway we are talking about treehouse of horror 24 25 and then not a treehouse which we'll get to the halloween I, special <laughs> can we just start off with halloween of horror it's so much better than the other two no, because we promised the people in the previous episode they would hear us argue. Oh, I want to do Halloween of Horror. No, we got to destroy the friendship before we rebuild it. That's that's but, how it goes in the movies. Oh, come on. No, we have to give the people what they want. What would Jerry say? Do you Jerry, want to disappoint Jerry? Jerry would say, and I quote, give in to Crabsworth and start with <laughs> Halloween of Horror. He needs to feel happy when doing Halloween of Horror, one of the best things the Simpsons have done with Halloween in years upon years. It is good. It is really, really, really freaking good. And I can't stress that enough. So Treehouse 24. Boo. Fuck you. It has the Del Toro opening, which is insanely beautifully good. It, I, it it actually is. I can't. It's amazing. It has every single movie he's done has a reference in it. Plus, we've got classic horror movie icons. Plus, we've got horror authors, which he's all about. I've seen the exhibit uh, that he had at the AGO. I actually saw it twice. Uh, there's also a bunch of like awesome references. Hypnotoad is in there at one point, which had a really nice transition into the ending of Pan's Labyrinth. Uh, Maggie running over Milhouse and Homer was yes. funny to me. <laughs> that was just funny. Um, you've got another call out I'm going to do is they have all the iterations of the Phantom in there, including Phantom of the Paradise, uh, which is very disturbing take on the phantom but if you know the story the the phantom of the opera is based on then one might say it's even more accurate uh we've got cthulhu we've got blade carl i have to shout out blade carl uh um, girls is just fun yeah we've got everything everything's in there and it's so well done so well animated just beautiful so can I just say something? It's yes, it's a really good statement, but I actually don't agree with you on the animation because I like I really wish because this is really well done. It's got a lot of effort. I wish we had gotten this in the earlier seasons with the smoother uh, animation in motion, but rougher overall style. Ah. I think if we would have gotten that, it would have been like top tier almost keeping it kodos for me oh um, i forgot to ask you something yeah hellboy willy <laughs> uh, it's, uh, there's so much good about this there's so much good about this and uh, you know 
I know I'm nitpicking when it comes to the animation, but I would want it done in a more classic season. Um, just so that it could really reach its full potential because it, it's really funny. It's really well done. If you want to watch one part of the Treehouse of Horror, regardless of where we stand, I think you and I both agree the animation on this is really good. I just think it would have been sublime in an earlier style. And that's fine. It's um, this is, you know how I said the the Raven from the first Treehouse Horror is like. It's a favorite of mine. This yep. opening is a favorite of mine. I love this opening. It's, yeah, it's really good. It's amazing. Um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, where we agree, we're going to go into areas where we disagree. Now, there is one segment where I do not think we will disagree on, but there are two segments, the bookend segments, that I feel we, re- we will disagree on those. Yep. We are starting with Oh, the Places You'll Do, which is a Dr. Seuss parody, um, basically just in general, Dr. Seuss parody. There's references to all of those stories, uh, but the main plot line is a cat in a hat parody. With Homer yeah. as a sadistic, homicidal, murderous cat in a hat. Hey, you meant fat in a hat, right? Oh, yes, fat in a hat. Sorry, we don't want to get sued. So here's the thing. As much as I'm not high on this segment, I don't think it's um, treehouse material. I would have loved it if it was outside of the treehouse of horror. Uh, But Willie Scutterbutch. That got a laugh out of me. That made me laugh and made me laugh hard. (laughs) I just snorted. I was muted, but I snorted the moment you said that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about if you want to take the bat on this or if you want me to go over why I liked this. So oh, no, if you if you want to go over why you liked it so that I can poke holes in your and everybody else's. <laughs> OK, overall, I find it utterly hilarious because this is my brain. Like, okay. let, let's take a, a children's classic that, you know, had some vibes of being a little messed up, as so many things did in that day and age. Um, and let's just make it chaotic, disturbing, murderous. Let's just rip the whole thing apart. But we're going to keep the things that work. So I I liked the throwback animation to... I think it was the late 70s, early 80s, or I could be mistaken. It could be early 60s. It could be late 60s, early 70s. I'm sorry. Who's about the that. animator that you're thinking about? Uh, the When they originally started animating Dr. Seuss. Oh, that was, that was late 60s. Late 60s. So it's late yeah. 60s I'm thinking of. I love the throwback to that. I love that they kept it rhyming and, um, you know, stuck Who with the... That? Yeah, I love that they kept it rhyming like a Dr. Seuss. Um, I also loved all the Dr. Seuss references. Um, all of them. Because they they hit so many in there and throw so many in there that it was great. I love the horror take on Zeus because, again, um, I think Crabsworth earlier we messaged and they said, you're going to disagree with me on 24 especially the first segment. And he's like, why? And I'm like, you have to understand that first segment is my brain. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, 
Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it's my brain. So this is totally up my alley. Um, one line that I want to highlight is you might see his name on an Amber Alert. That's fair enough. I liked how that worked. It's a, it's, a, it's a good line. And then I have, yay, Maggie, at the end, because we all know mm. that we we love Maggie here. I can speak for Crabsworth as well. We love Maggie you here. Absolutely. You love Maggie. Uh, Maggie stopping the fat in the hat. That's that's just good in general. It's also on point. It is on point with Maggie. Yep. Completely on point. So, yeah, I'm incredibly biased because I'm just like, it is hitting me hard in the nostalgia. And it's also completely my brain. I was yep. like in love with this, this horror take on Seuss. Now Crabsworth and- is going to rip it apart. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. There was only really two minutes that was a horror take on Dr. Seuss. The rest of it was just, haha, let's look at Dr. Seuss in Springfield. And yes, you've got the you've got the rhyming bit, which is nice. But then you've got also got shit like the Borax joke. Um, and it was um considering the illumination movie of uh the Lorax uh, with the Seuss estate and the Simpsons' reputation as merchandise juggernauts, they're not in a position to make that joke, and it falls flat, just like a lot of things fall flat if you're not super into Dr. Seuss. Uh, I can speak for myself. I love the Grinch, but outside of that, Dr. Seuss doesn't do it for me. Um, I'm happy that you know the animation is as good as it is, uh, but everything bar the last two minutes, I could have done without looking at it from somebody who isn't a fan of Dr. Seuss, because it's just like, it's Dr. Seuss in Springfield. That's that's all this is. There's no substance to it. There's no uh, real characterization in it. Uh, the last two minutes where we hit up uh, Moe's Tavern and the Quickie Mart, uh, these are the kind of jokes I would want throughout the story with the sadist fat in the hat, who's going around basically killing everybody. Um, the ending two minutes... Uh, had the cat or the fat in the hat turning homicidal, torturing Apu, uh, getting away and uh, returning. This kind of absurdity, I can get behind. It's it's wonderful. I can totally get behind. Um, now, but it just wasn't there throughout. I if have to disagree on that. I have okay. to disagree on that because... For me, the horror comes from the slow buildup. Also, early on, Fat in the Hat takes off his hat and there's all those little people who turned out to be dead and he sets them on fire. Yeah. I'm still saying you're getting the inklings of it. Yeah. Um, I get your criticism with the Borax Lorax thing. Yeah. I do, but I also... Um, that movie is used as a teaching tool in so many schools. And it shouldn't be. That's the thing. And I think it that's really more shouldn't be. And I think that's more the commentary on that. But again, I will see your point you're, that unless you're aware of that, you might not get yeah. it. Yeah. And it's I'm sorry. This is one of the few things that I'm like, the Simpsons should not be taking a moral high ground on 
It's it's one of the very few things because the Simpsons are merchandising juggernauts. You and I have how many Funko Pops between the two of us on order that are Simpsons based and Trias of Horror based. Just as one of the things I can tell we can talk about video games, decks of cards, everything that you can imagine uh, hampering down on the environment. The Simpsons has done or had contracts to do. It's one of the few spots where I'm like, eh when the simpsons decides to call somebody out for doing the same exact thing that the simpsons has done for many decades before it i don't necessarily think they're calling them out for something they themselves do i think they're calling it out because the simpsons has never positioned themselves on an environmental standpoint whereas that story has been positioned like that and then we don't talk about the the cgi movie we do not talk about that in this house that's that's fair enough um the other thing i want to say is uh if i really wanted to knock the animation of treehouse 23 and if you haven't seen that episode go watch it i hate uh particularly the black hole animation of treehouse 23 i will say that in the dr seussified world where it's an homage to dr seuss and animation styles of the 19th 1960s you have manjula looking more on model than she did when she was supposed to look realistic inside of the simpsons world that is terrible treehouse 23 you should be ashamed but (laughs) you and treehouse 23 it's an ongoing hey 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 don't get me wrong segments are good but if your animation's that shitty I'm not going to let you get away with it. But Drew's 24, honestly, I will say, you know, it's not the most offensive thing in the world. It just, it didn't do anything for me uh, for the reasons that I mentioned. Um, As much as, you know, Maggie being, like Maggie basically being yourself. Look, Maggie as Maggie is a badass. Let's just say yes. that. We're we're gonna put it out there. Maggie as Maggie is a badass. We're we're never going to be disappointed with Maggie being herself. Yep. We're just never gonna be disappointed. Um I'd say our disagreement comes from more of attachment to Seuss yeah. than anything. Uh which you know is good for the folks at home. Where do you fall on the on the Seuss spectrum? Do you know what I mean? Are you good with me moving to the next segment? Absolutely. Absolutely. Dr. Seuss sucks. Oh, my God. See, that's the reaction I wanted out of this. Thanks. Uh, So the next one is dead and shoulders. Um, It's a lazy pun, but I I always like a good head and shoulders pun. So I'll take it. Sorry. God, is it lazy? Yeah, I don't care. Um, Now, then, I do want to give... I'll get I'll, do you. I'll, do you want me to start off with like the good? What I will give this credit for? Yeah, because I want to jump on some of these too. Yeah. So essentially, what happens here is accident happens. Bart's head comes off, wakes up. It's been grafted to Lisa. Um, he doesn't like not having control. Discovers that when she's asleep, he has control of the body. Tries to separate, and then they end up. He's grafted onto. Is it Patty? Or Selma? Uh, Selma. 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 He's grafted onto Selma. Lisa wakes up grafted onto Krusty. And then I actually like this 
joke was uh, Dr. Nick is grafted on to Dr. Hibbert and he's like, oh, so this is what it's like to be a successful doctor. I thought that was funny. Um, one thing that I will give this credit for is I felt like somebody read, um, no, not read, somebody watched the South Park episode when Eric Cartman and Bart Simpson meet. And Bart Simpson's like, I sawed the head off a statue. And Cartman's like, I killed a kid's parents, put it into chili and fed it to him. Uh, and then Bart's like, whoa, walks away. I feel like someone watched that and they were like, let's make Bart uh, evil. Let's push him a bit more evil onto the spectrum. And I felt that he was evil in this. You feel no love or remorse towards Lisa and you're starting to see kind of I feel that they're playing with the um psychopath sociological killer type not killer um sociopath type vibe with Bart I feel like so I will give them credit for playing with that uh I have globe licking by Ralph as a plus and I'm not sure yeah. where that came from okay so um <laughs> So first of all, Licking the Globe by Ralph Wiggum is uh, one of those things that um, it happened during a, a book report that Lisa was doing for Miss Hoover's class. And then um, they um, the two of like Lisa and Bart got into fighting and were turning the globe with their tongues. And then uh, Ralph got upset because his book report was licking the globe by Ralph Wiggum. And <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was a report licking the globe by Ralph Wiggum, and it's it's fantastic. Um, so to go off of your points, um, first things first, I really enjoy the opening scene of this uh, of this segment here. There's something so wholesome about Milhouse spontaneously dying due to an allergy attack he caused. Yes. And Bart feigning ignorance about it. Yep. I, I also am a sucker for perhaps you are wondering why you have two heads premises. Yep. Um, shout out to Homer's man cave as soon as uh, Bart gets grafted onto Lisa's head because it is fucking awesome. He's he's got a chocolate fountain. He's got beer everywhere. He's got a huge TV. He knows what he wanted to do with Bart's room. It was tremendous, and uh, Homer is way too competent in these things for uh, his own good. Uh, shout out to the line um, after uh, Bart realizes he has control when Lisa's incapacitated, so he's trying to do whatever he can to remain in control. Got these sleeping pills into uh, Lisa's yogurt. Homer walks by and woo, Vixen! I don't know why, but that delivery by Dan Castellaneta got me uh, every time. Um, so, I also want to say, I'm genuinely surprised when you get to the big climax, which is like the whole the whole thing isn't that funny. That's why my notes for this are so small. But um, I'm genuinely surprised Skinner would help Bart mutilate Lisa. As much as Bart has a unique hold over Skinner, he has a habit of uh, being constantly in some semblance of the moral right when it comes to his students, especially Lisa. So that one is just that's a huge betrayal of character for Mr. Tamsarian. I mean, Skinner. Um. But the whole thing, I don't know about you, but 
hollow and unfunny is what I got out of most of this. Um, I think it says something when it's like when I was saying I think we're going to disagree about Treehouse 24, I forgot about this segment. Yeah. And to be perfectly honest, completely forgot about this segment. I, I do want to say I have a line highlighted. Yeah. You start a car the way you start a family. Oh, I know that line, but I can't think of exactly where it's I from. believe it's Skinner's mom to him. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I I did like that. Um I like Dr. Oh. Nick coming in at the end. But yeah, it's uh Yeah. There's not it, there's not much here. You know what I mean? And it ends on something that's like uh Bart is attached to Selma and Lisa's attached to Krusty at the end. It's just it, it feels it's very unfunny. Um, the idea that Krusty now has Lisa to write all his jokes, ha, that, you know, seems like the easiest, lowest hanging fruit that they could hold. Um, same as Bart and Selma, just, it's a really bad joke to end on. And this segment just didn't do enough for me to keep me interested or engaged. That's why this is done. I'm going to have a similar problem with treehouse 26 but for a completely different reason because i've got one segment where i have very few notes because the segment was too damn good and i felt compelled to go and watch it again this like mary said it best she forgot it existed and it makes way too much sense this just isn't good uh can we move to segment three because I yep. feel we're, we're in agreement about this one. Yeah, we're in agreement um, about it. So Freaks No Geeks, it is a parody of, um, I believe the movie is called Freaks, which is an old black and white movie. Um, I've seen this movie. I've also, I happen to know a lot of horror movie people who like, I just, I'm happy to listen to them talk about movies, whether or not I've watched them. So I know a lot about this. Um, this is actually in very good parody and it's actually if you don't want to get into the really disturbing aspects of freaks i'd say you'd want to watch this um because yeah they um the mm, ethics in the movie themselves itself um and stuff like that is a bit more disagreeable um, than here. Here it's a lot more black and white, um, so it makes for easier watching. Uh, also, you don't have to watch it with our current lens of how many of the people in Freaks were actually treated throughout their lives, because they are they are all real people from um, I'm going to use the modern term sideshow circus. They were all real people from that, and this was like, you know, either you had a good time in the sideshow in that time period, or you had a bad time in the sideshow at that period. Um, not unlike most professions, but it quite, you know, there's a there's a certain level of blatant exploitation that has there. So if you don't want to get into all of that, if like you're the type of person where your brain is going to just bring it up all the time, that adds another level of anxiety and disturbingness to an already disturbing movie, I'd say you want to watch this parody. 
because they've they've pared it down and they've simplified the ethics quite a bit. On that note, I am freely going to admit that because I know all of that and because I know the base material, I am biased towards this because I know what it's referencing. And similarly, again, because I don't know the base material and I don't know what it's referencing at the time that I watch this, I'm going to look at this with a much more negative viewpoint and a negative lens. Um, because to somebody who doesn't get the reference, um, it's not funny. And that's my problem with a lot of this stuff. It's, it's either not funny or it's the Simpsons feeling lazy to me. I'm going to admit, I didn't know this shinning or Nightmare on Evergreen Terrace the first few times I watched them too. But they were funny enough and good enough at their at their primary at the primary chops of a comedy show of being funny that I didn't care. In this case, the whole episode itself just feels like it's a simple meandering plot um, at the Burns and Bailey Circus. Which is funny because it's actually pretty spot on for the source yeah. material plot. Like it's yeah. pretty spot but, on. <laughs> Except it's it's missing it, one aspect, which do you want me to tell you the major difference? Yeah, please. Marge's character. Marge's character is the major difference. Um, whereas... In this, you know, she's she's nice to everybody. She's yeah. Marge to everybody, right? Yeah. Um, she doesn't, you know, she goes along with what her husband tells her to do, which is accurate to the movie. However, the character in the movie on which this is based is an active participant in the um in the marrying to murder and get money plotline is a very, very active participant in it rather than sort of, you know, a side uh, along for the ride and then being like, no, I'm not doing this type thing. Uh, so that's what I mean when I say in terms of the ethics, they very much simplified it. The other major difference is the ending. Um, and that's because they made the ending way lighter in oh, yes. this I than, can believe they, that. than they did in the movie. Um, and that, do you want to know the original ending? Yes, the ending please. The movie? Um, so in the ending of the movie, the strong man uh, gets castrated. So yeah, the, the, the quote unquote freaks converging on the two, he gets castrated. Um, and then the Marge character, they cut off all her limbs, bend her like what's left of her arms backwards and permanently tar and feather her and goodness knows what else. And she is left plucking like a chicken, unable to remember that she's even human. See, that would have been a much better ending. It's incredibly disturbing. The, en the ending that we got is so cliché. I, I'll say that, but I'm also just like, it's, it's a very, nobody in Freaks is innocent. Even the yep. victims are not innocent. Everybody's like, it's very much about that gray area of, um, people who are abuser and abusee in, in the same 
breadth. It's it's very much a gray. It's not only black and white. It's also gray area in terms of theme. Um, and there are smarter people who can break all of that down who have like really studied. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a lot in here because I know the source material that I really like. It's actually a very strong parody. The difficulty is it's not easy to make it funny. Like it's it's not easy to make that source material funny, especially today with like our current, you know, understandings oh, yeah. and everything. It's it's really difficult to do that. I think that's why they took things a little far, like with um, the snail. Like it's a literal snail. I think that's why they took things that far. And you've Kang and Kodos and, um, you know, the commentary on Barnum and Bailey circuses, um, which I can't remember when the the greatest showman came out. So I almost wonder if like choosing that name was a yeah. bit of a commentary on how that person actually was. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I can go through certain things that I like. Yeah, go ahead. Um I like the line suddenly eating the bullies. I'm sorry. Uh, there are a few very terrifying callbacks in the dialogue, but I don't really want to go into them unless you, you know, <laughs> you know the film. Like if you know it, you'll you'll yeah. get it. But there's quite a few terrifying callbacks. Um, Burns's kind of intro is filled with them. Uh, oh yeah. I want to um, shout out not the dark, not the dark. I want to shut out seriously. We have to do something about this Hitler guy. Yep. Um, uh, Mo just being Mo as yeah, the most Mo is the most hideous creature of them all. That got a huge uh, chuckle out of me. Um, I I love that human snail is so indignant. Like just. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I Arch, something... they knew what they were doing before their parents sold them to the circus. Which is sadly very true. In a lot of cases. Uh, I do want to shout out. I have a note here. And it says the tongue thing is so gross. And I can't remember what I'm referring to. with and that again, note. I did not have this. I did not have fun watching this. So I would not be looking for something like that. Uh, the chanting one of us. I'm never going to not find that creepy. Oh. I'm always going to find that creepy. Okay, so there's something strangely endearing, though, about hearing the Burnsman and Bailey Circus sing Super Freak. Yep. I don't, I don't know why I love this, but dear God, I love it. Um, the exchange between Marge and Homer when they're going through with the wedding plan. Hey, Marge, you want to marry Mo, but I'm engaged to you, my love. But Mo will be dead soon. What? How? You let me worry about how. <laughs> And that, that's what I mean when yeah. I say uh, the character Marge is playing is very different. Different, yeah. Different in terms, like just very unaware type thing. Whereas in the movie, very much a participant. I did write, oh my God, they did the ending, but it was on Homer. Homer got the ending of the limbs and the tarring and the feathering. And then they did a whole, I did actually like the How I Met Your Mother. I at didn't. the end. I, I didn't. I, I understand why you would. I So this is hilarious. I hate that show. So I was like, yes, 
a character telling a long meandering story that I fucking hate is actually like, you know, a a, a limnus tarred and feathered Homer as strongman. I, I like so much better. Uh, so they, I think that's why I really liked it. But yeah, I couldn't. I was a bit floored that they they did the ending. They made it like happy in the end, but they still did the ending. Yeah, uh, I'll give it that too. Just because I don't find a lot of enjoyment out of this doesn't mean that, you know, I, I think it's bad or anything like that. I just don't find it to be good or up to the Simpsons standards. I agree with you when you say it's not funny. Yeah. It's. Which it is a lot a, of what I look for in The Simpsons. Yeah. It. I also think it takes a certain understanding of the source material and then yeah. also separating yourself from that source material in order to find the funny in it. Yeah. You're, it's, it's, um, you know, it's dark comedy, dark humor at its at its most classic which is you're you're either going with it or you're not and like i'll admit it there's dark humor that i don't get and i don't find funny yeah. so it's i think that there's a lot in terms of matter of taste and also understanding the source material because i just gave you a brief description of the movie if you read like the full summary on the wiki page like it's a dark movie like it's it's dark. I think the only thing that makes it light watching is the fact that because of the time period it was made in, it's melodramatic. Because everything was melodramatic back then. Like, you know, you had the, the lighting on the eyes and the intrigue. Yeah. Uh, so that's Treehouse 24. I'm shuddering at what you're going to rate it. I want you to know that based on the opening alone, it's 10 out of 10 for me. The same with Raven, how the first Treehouse was 10 out of 10 because of the Raven. This is 10 out of 10 because of that opening. No other reason. Six I'm point, sorry. I'm sorry. 6.5. 6.5. Oh, you hated it. I, I didn't hate it. There was just nothing about it that screamed Treehouse of Horror to me. I had a couple of chuckles, but it just sort of went and passed. Um, my voice actor MVP for this one is James Earl Jones because I couldn't bring myself to give it to <laughs> anyone because nothing really felt special to me. You're or not, you're good not even going to give it to the fat in the hat, Dan. No, I'm not, not going to give it. I'm not going to give it to Dan. I'm not going to give it to Dan. All right. Treehouse 25. Thank Christ. We open with Kang and Kodos hosting. Yeah, so, and uh, can you So before we begin, before we begin, I'm going to say right out loud, I'm going to dock this one a half point. Why? Overall, because we hear Kang and Kodos. We do not see them. Really? We don't? We don't see them. I I I looked, I watched, I, I did everything. We hear Kang and Kodos, we don't see them. It gets worse with one later on, and that one will feel the wrath of me when we get to it. Because I, I don't, I believe that there is not a Treehouse of Horror without King and Kodos. Oh, you're right. We don't. But we don't. See yeah, them. we don't. We don't see them. I, I don't as, know why I was convinced we did. Yeah, we don't. Uh. We don't see them. We hear them, but it's not a Treehouse of Horror without King and Kodos to me. And uh, so. That that opening is great because it's Kang and Kodos, but we don't see them, and it, it hurt me. 
What did you think of their celebrity banner? Oh, that was funny. Okay, good, because that was right up my alley. I was hoping you'd like it too. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, heck yes, we're doing this. Um, first segment is school. School is hell. I, I know it. how you feel about this. Yeah, um, I love it. It's uh, so basically Bart and Lisa find a portal into a school in hell and uh, Bart excels at everything. And, you know, it's it's his story of being an A plus student. Oh, it's it is. It's a simple story, but my God, is it a good one? Uh, would you like me? Because I mostly have moments or lines that I liked from this. Do you want me to like go through and then you can add in your stuff? Fine, fine. But I will shut up before you begin because I don't want you to do it because we are not worthy of it. Concrete in the sandbox. I don't get lost anymore. <laughs> We are, that was my first one. We we are not worthy of Ralph Wiggum. We are not worthy of Ralph Wiggum. Oh, oh my god. Um, there's an exchange about heresy that I found absolutely hilarious. Um, two words: skin him. It would be a cold day in hell when I was popular. Oh, I love that one. Uh, uh. Uh, there's super hell. Yep. Uh, of course, is... of course, Burns has a portal to hell in his office. Well, welcome to Earth. Local time is 1037. We know you have your choice of portals, so thank you for choosing the Burns Hellport, a division of Gulf and Western. Um, the pamphlet going down Homer's throat. Uh, oh god I even loved even before that uh, keep your pants on Marge it's probably some private school that costs a million dollars a year and parents get 20 emails and everyone hits reply to everything <laughs> oh have I, I told you my horror story of when people hit reply all right no no um, I was covering for someone and that included being on a, a mailing list that had anybody who had a BlackBerry was on that mailing list. Oh, no. Someone accidentally typed in the wrong mailing list and hit send. Um, now, most people would be like, OK, it's clearly a mistake. Let me delete this. Uh, I'll, or they would message that person directly. 200 people later. That's how many people hit reply all. God. And what's even funnier is when reply all really started going, the messages were, everyone stop hitting reply all. <laughs> I was just, but it was back to back messages of basically the same thing. Stop hitting reply all. So yeah, when I heard that line from Homer, I was like instant flashbacks to when I was doing coverage for that. It's probably surprising. Yeah, it's, it's a great line. I love the line. Um, God, what else? What else do I want to shadow here? Um, Mom, please let me go to hell. Yep. 
Uh, hell roads paved with good intention. Yep. Uh, keeping the Yankees in first place. That was a good one. Even, O'Reilly- I, I don't even like sports and I got that one. Um, the O'Reilly factor for kids. Mm-hmm. This has never happened. I have a crush on my teacher. Down here, we can make that happen. Uh, um, I love the fact that irons exist. Just as an app, the irons app. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that uh, the fire pulls the alarm, and Skinner immediately uh, states Simpson. Yep. It's I I melted it. Get it? Can I? Uh, I'll let the yeah. ending when we get there. Yes, please. Because, yep. Well, um, we're getting tortured because he loves Bart. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, Homer? Homer? That's my dad. I can't hurt him. No, boy. I want you to do it. Yep. Like just his whole his whole explanation. And then the way he says, pull me apart like, sp- like string cheese. <laughs> um, thank you for this, Homer. Uh, this is the Homer that makes lives better by any means necessary. This is the Homer who cares. This is the Homer that no matter how how insane can get, uh, JD, how insane he gets, uh, jaded people like me are behind him. I love this Homer. Um, whenever they decide to actually write him well. Uh, and this one definitely did. The animation was really good, really stylized. Also, torture. Um, now somebody's getting held back. I won't say who. Torture. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was it was it was really good. I really like this one. Um, a clockwork yellow. I have two opinions about it. I'm actually split. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm split on it. So up until the ending. It is probably the best G-rated version of Clockwork Orange you are ever going yeah. to see. It is yep, okay. very, very good. Um, it's a solid parody. Um, and then you get to the Kubrick ending. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, ju- it felt a little... Um... Now, there were some funny jokes in the Kubrick ending, but I want to back up and talk about... Um, clockwork yellow because i have yep. very few notes and about the the beginning section all the way to the ending because it's so good it's if you're going to see a g-rated version of clockwork orange this is the one you want to see don't see something that's been slashed and dashed for tv viewing uh skip that watch this um at least up until the ending um absolutely loved how they did the fast forward sex scene it's instead uh marge I think you had a note, Marge has the patience of a saint. Oh, she does. Just watching Homer eat and... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It was very good. Um, Yeah, what do you have good to say before we get into the ending? Because that's where my opinion changes. Yes, so um, I I love the idea of uh, the clockwork yellow people being Mo, Leonard, Carlton, and Dumb. Yeah. Um, shout out, like, as, as it pans out, um, to, uh, I'm assuming most bar and you get to see all the beer can background pieces. I love seeing the duffs. It's one of the thing. 
my things I, I, I can't help but love. Uh, I love the West End Wise Guys. Yeah. As well as In, Out, In, Out. <laughs> um, I hope it's what we think it is to the Beefeater gag. Um, Mo getting tossed out of the Tower of London and when Sherry Bobbin shows up and you get the uh, cut every quarter orchestral. Oh God, I lost yeah. it. I yeah. lost it. I laughed so hard. Um, Shmoo, what your grandpa thought was hip. Yes. Um, so here's the thought. Um, why not recruit Maggie as the muscle of the Glugs group. Yeah, that was the, the one missing piece. Yeah. Was um, giving Maggie more to do. The one missing piece. Yeah. Um, and uh, finally, the sex blockers. Okay, now we're getting into the ending. And, and uh, sir, sir, are you done with my... Sir, are you done with my bird mask? I don't think you want to wear it now. I'll be the judge of that. Yep. Um, and I wanted to ask you if the release of Naked London is how you dream of the extractors being released. Of course. Why wouldn't it be? Um, so going into the Kubrick ending, so basically at the ending of this, they do a bunch of Kubrick references. Yeah. So Eyes Wide Shut, Full Metal Jacket, 2001, um, all of that are in there. Uh Sex View Blockers is hilarious to me. Oh, I love it, the Sex Blockers. It's really funny. I'll be the judge of that. I had that out there. It's really funny. But the ending just feels like we weren't quite sure how to end this. So let's it, like, do it, it felt, this way. It felt like it was like just crafted because you got like 20 seconds to end it. Yeah. Like I have here, I have here my notes. I wouldn't have minded this being a 22 minute episode. It doesn't really fit Halloween, but I'd give it a pass because of how funny it was. Because it was really funny up until that ending. And the ending, I don't know. Well, I can guess it was the same for you where it just felt like. I'll, be, on I'll be honest, as much as I can like a Kubrick film, I don't actually like Kubrick. I, I, I just don't. So I don't even want to acknowledge the creator, if that makes sense. Um, it also just felt because the ending of, of Clockwork Orange is I, I believe he gets into a fight, realizes he's feeling euphoria and then in his brain he's in like an orgy or something. I, there were numerous ways to end that in a, at a G rating. Uh, that didn't have to be a, huh, we need to end this now. Let's throw in all the Kubrick references. Um also, I felt if you were going to do that, you missed an ability to do a throwback to Willie yeah. getting axed in the back. Yeah. I think that might have been a, a saving thing from me if uh, that it, it happened. Al it always goes back to dad, your head is stuck in the toaster, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it does. It always goes back to that. Yeah, but um, if they had ended it, like you're saying, 20 seconds earlier. Yeah, would've, it would have been, been a better. lot better. Yeah. It's it it is genuinely a really good uh parody of Clockwork Orange. And yeah. like I said, if you want to see a G-rated version, watch this. Uh are we good to move into the next segment? Uh yeah, absolutely. 
So this is the others. And slightly loosely based, I'm going to say loosely based, it's more based on the concept of the movie The Others, which is based off of a story called Turn of the Screw. Uh, the point of it is that you don't know if the narrator is reliable or not. Um, the the ghosts and hauntings could all be in the narrator's head or they could be real. That being said, with The Simpsons, it's very loosely based. So weird things start happening. They think they're haunted and then they start seeing the original version of The Simpsons. And uh, I think... From the old shorts, yeah. Yeah. And then the, um, the couples seem to want to split off and death happens and then everything's happy at the end okay so that's, so that's an overview of the there there are, there are tons of lines and exchanges here oh yeah um, that, stupid that blood I, asking well, me for a favor yep and oh <laughs> one two three three exclamations that seems excessive <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I as soon as as soon as that exchange happened, I I said to myself, "Yeah, okay. Well, this is gonna be awesome." Yeah. Um, I love how um in the um like in the um, when the thing was stopped and all you had was married with children, like the TV was frozen, and that's how you knew that you were haunted. Um. I love that Married with Children in FX and the History Channel are the same. Yep. The absolute same. Um, the black version of Married with Children nominated for 126 Image Awards. Um, when Homer and Marge get into bed, the jump scare uh, and Abe going, I was sleeping in the dryer and got caught in the sheets. I was about to shout that one out. I love that line. <laughs> oh my God. There's a then, classic melons joke as well uh, in there. And then Marge, I'll make up the couch for you. Um, Marge leaves. Allman Marge goes and says, you know, stuff to, does stuff to Homer. The bed gets picked up. Um, and Ullman Marge's hand animation is ridiculously smooth. I don't know if you know this or not, but I like smooth animation. Um, Homer saying, I demand you put me down right after the sax. Yep. Uh, I have to shout out a line. May as well clean this while I'm killing myself. <laughs> Like, that's so depressing and dark and just ridiculous. Oh, oh no, you're not leaving me to clean this up. Yeah, whack. Uh, who killed Maggie? Um, I'm not sure, to be perfectly frank with it's you. It's a line. Who killed Maggie? Yeah. Nobody knows. But I do want to point out Maggie is totally killing the baby. Yep. Yeah. Uh, why is it always me? I work 12 hours a week, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, things aren't perfect between the missus and me. And by the way, nice melons. Those are in the kitchen. Um, oh, God. And what really works about that is... Um, I, Almond Marge never takes her eyes off of Fulmer. During that exchange, even when she moves. 
ever. It's funny as all hell. Um, Homer Simpson, can you be more specific? Yeah. Um, I got a call. I got a shout out, Dr. Marvin. Dr. Marvin Monroe, yes. Oh, I also need to shout out uh, Willie Got Meat for the Winter. Willie's Got Stew for the Winter. Yep. Um, shout out to Woohoo, I'm the last of the Simpsons in IQ only. And the sad part is, Lisa's right. In Treehouse of Horror Cannon, she's 100% right. Homer has been proven time and time again to be a genius in these things. So she's absolutely right. Can um, we talk about the ending? The evil marketing entity that has the bunch of animation styles for The Simpsons. Yes. Like the Pixar with John Ratzenberger as Homer, because of course. There are there are uh, so many anime, animations. Uh anime Simpsons. Yeah. Um, most notably Pokemon and Naruto. Uh Archer is here, South Park is here. Adventure Time is here. A Brick Like Me Simpsons is here. Minion Simpsons are here. The Island of Dr. Hibbert Simpsons are here. Uh, Lego Simpsons. Yes. Uh, and the Simpson, and the Simpsons done in that art style that I... Of that one couch gag that I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, it's... It, they packed a lot into the others. Yes, they did. Here's I, here's my question though: Why can't we have that kind of effort all the time? Um, I don't know. Talk to staffing and HR. I told you the last time I tried, they laughed at me. Are you ready to rate an MVP? This? Yes, I. Yes, I am. Uh, so this would have gotten an 8 out of 10. This would, but they didn't let me see my Kangy Kodos. Aww. So I have to dock it. It's a 7.5 out of 10. It, to me, is a huge step up from the other two, even though Miri might not think so, because Miri's, you know, kind of in the head. Um... <laughs> About you never 24. complained before. Uh, I'm like, oh my god, it's Dr. Stitch references. I don't does. 10 out of 10. <laughs> to be fair, it was for the Del Toro opening that I gave Wait, it that. Which, which was a good opening, but like 30 seconds of good animation does not a good tree as a horror make. Come on. Dude. Do you have any idea how many bad movies I have watched for a 30 second decent performance by an actor? So many. Yet, so don't you, even. Yet you accuse me of being biased when I say my voice actor MVP is Dan Castellaneta. I admit to my biases up front when I assess things. I totally mm. do. You wait for me to call you out. Uh, there's no bias here. I will say, though, if Yardley Smith had more help from the writing this year, I'm sure she would have been able to steal it because God, her delivery, anytime she was given something, was on point. Mm -hmm. So who is the MVP? It's Dan Castellaneta. Obviously. For, the, for this one, anything he did was a banger all the way through. All it, right. It was, it was, it was great. Now then... Ooh. 
now that I've, I've, uh, for those of you who've stayed with us, you might've noticed I've been purposefully padding the, these episodes out to hold back Crabsworth from the third one that I have titled Yay. Not a Treehouse. Yay. So the pattern Yay. I can find no more. Yay. <laughs> we are now at Not a Treehouse. Finally. Now, do you, do you want to do the super quick plot line, or should I do no. the super quick plot line? No, I will not be able to be quick with this, so no. You okay, go so I got to do it. Okay, so it's Halloween. The Simpsons take it very seriously. Yes, um, they do. Lisa really wants to go to see, like, the haunted neighborhood thing, like, you know, the interactive haunted experience. She gets scared, really scared. Things has to be shut down. She can't stand Halloween. She regresses back to her needing to like stroke this tail all the time. Bart's upset. Marge obviously wants to help out Bart. So she's going to take him out for Halloween. Homer's going to stay there. However, they previously made a trip to a Halloween store that pops up. It, only it was for a pop-up. Yeah, it was a pop-up shop. Yeah. And... Homer offended the pop-up shop workers. So we've got home invasion story with um, Homer and Lisa and some awesome stuff between the two of them as they oh, try to get amazing. through this. It is amazing stuff. And then we have Marge with Maggie and Bart desperately trying to make this a good Halloween for those two and missing everything, but doing, you know, what any parent would do trying and trying and then it ends with like happy festivities at the house lisa conquers her fears bart doesn't have to miss halloween and the family all comes together it's a happy-go-lucky halloween story with just a small amount of uh you know home invasion <laughs> which is the small amount of just a small amount of home no! invasion. now then <clears throat> we're gonna get rolling and as we get rolling i'm gonna say Let's fluff up these entrails. Let's do this stuff. Um, okay. So first things first, because this is technically not a treehouse so far, and Kang and, uh, Kang and Kodos, if they don't appear, will not have a negative effect on the episode's score um, because this episode is in canon and not Treehouse of Four canon. Spoiler alert, they actually did show up. So I, I was like, I, I was so excited to see them. Um, but we open on an on to an establishing shot of Everscream Terrace, and some of the stuff you wonder how much Homer spent because the stuff that moves, the stuff that lights up, the stuff I I know these things. I've I've worked with these things. I love these things. They're not cheap. They're not. Uh, can I shout out fourth wall break with Ned? Yes. It's a good fourth wall break. Also telling the entire thing. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing it next week. We're doing Psycho with Skinner and his mom, which I actually really want. I hope I hope eventually they do it. Uh, Muppet Wizard of Oz. I'm Scarecrow Fozzie. And one whose furniture gets smart and takes over the world. Uh, which, frankly <laughs> enough, did happen. So, but we'll get to that when we get to that. I, and so light it up. So obviously, 
um, they need to go out and get more Halloween decorations. And they go to the Halloween pop-up store with the pop-up workers. Yep. And we talk about the Apu's little uh, uh, nameplate, spooky nameplate. Abu. <laughs> I actually like that one better. It's cute. It's so uh, cute. Oh, uh, it's funny. Um, the, uh, how Julie Kavner saying Halloween skippers and you know it's one of those things Julie Kavner will not be around forever folks and this is just one of those things I love her and it's obvious she is in pain when delivering some of these lines um, Homer saying how can you reject a holiday where you can serve candy from a salad bowl it's actually how I feel about Halloween in general. Um, bad news, Dad. You store the skeletons too close to the furnace. And we'll take it to the old folks' home. Tell Grandpa's his new roommate. Everyone in the car! That was good. You know, and this was all in the first minutes. Like, we're one minute in, and they're trying joke after joke after joke after joke. None of them are, like, not all of them are hitting, but it's nice to see this much effort. Um, I agree. The line, who wants to be a Yoda? You want to be a Yoda. And the dog is just like, like Sans Little Helper is irritated. I hate when people dress up their pets. The pet isn't into it nine out of ten, and it just feels awkward on all levels. Um, how can, we, can we talk about animals who have jobs and how they get the little safety vests, though? Because that just, I'm sorry. It's the yeah, one that, instance that has where I'm like, purpose, that's awesome. Though. Like, if you're talking about CI dogs and stuff like that, that has a purpose. You you can have that. Um, how Apu treats the pop-up people is how pure contract workers are treated. I'm sorry. It's true. Yeah, it's he true. is. He is really mean to them. Um. Okay, but don't tell old man Squishy about it. We <laughs> hate him. I love old man Squishy. I was like, can we get more of this? <laughs> oh god, it was great. Uh, Homer's entire conversation with Lisa as they enter Krusty Land. Uh, which, by the way, is Halloween with some really good gore. Um, Lisa gets lost with Homer, and we get, uh, Sir, sir, hold on, Lisa, Daddy's picking out a pretzel topping. If it were me, yeah. I'd go with salt frosting. <laughs> um, um, I want to shout out um, when Lisa starts having a fear panic attack. Yep. Lisa is... Lisa's eight, right? Yep, she is. Lisa is living every... I remember having the fear of being lost and abandoned when I was a kid. Anyone who I talk to, they're like nine times out of ten, everybody's had that fear of... Yep. You don't know where you are. You don't know how to get home. You don't know anyone who's around you. Uh, you can't see anyone you can go to. And then add that having a panic attack terrified out of your mind. Lisa is basically living every kid's fear. Like this is the every kid's fear of getting lost in a busy place. 
that's what Lisa's living. And I thought they did it really well. Oh, they did it fantastically well. Um, I also, um, I also love the line, shut it down, shut it down, shut the whole damn thing down. Because one kid is scared out of her wits. Yeah. Um, but they that sold be, that line. Oh, they did. And here, here's the thing. It's a small bit of detail, but it's, it's one thing I absolutely love. The instant that Homer finds out it's Lisa and that he lo- and that he lost her, he drops his pretzels. Yeah. In, like instant to try to comfort her as much as possible. It's it's so well done. I lo- I love this version of Homer. I love it so much. I'm so yeah. happy anytime we get to see him. Speaking of which, um, Homer and Marge immediately taking down the stuff for Lisa and becoming skippers. Oh, oh yeah. Like, like I'm 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 sorry. A- a- including Bart's reaction to it too. Everything just feels so good. Um, you've turned us into and, the, and there's a brief pause from Bart when Bart realized what the hell's going on. Um, brief pause before skippers. Like Bart knows this is something that is deeply offensively wrong to say. He knows there's something up. He has no idea of what it is because nobody's told him. Homer's response is just gold. Yep. I know what this means. I know. Like just, oh, the the fury, the frustration. But you're going to do it because yeah. it's for yep. your kid. Yep. Like, uh, it's... like ab- absolutely everything. Uh, Lisa's traumatized state when she goes into Springfield Elementary. Uh, Yardley Smith screams and whimpers. Just sell it. Um, Homer puts so much energy into ever, ever scream terrors, and we see it. And his reaction when Marge tells him to take it down. It's it's so beautiful, too. Though I will say Marge could have been with Lisa in a basement or a rumpus room instead of leaving her on the couch in prime area for trick-or-treaters. Yeah, I get that. Um, You know... And the and the other thing, like the, here's but, an exchange that I'm not a. Sh- you yeah. could have made the argument that even the basement was too Halloween. Yeah, you could have. Um, here, so this is probably one of the few exchanges I don't like. It breaks my heart that Lisa can't deal with her emotions without a crutch, and the like. Well, kids are weak, Marge. As Homer pulls out a flask, um, but <laughs> but he, here's the thing, and it, it's something, it's something I've noticed with Marge throughout this one, and I know it's Marge simply doing her best, but Lisa is in full trauma because of what happened, as you said, the abandonment, and you know, in Crestyland and the Halloween thing. It isn't one of those like click and get over it things. It takes time, especially if you're eight. You're going going to need that. Here's the thing where I'm going to actually give it a pass and actually say it's very realistic. Because in the delivery, I didn't get that it was lamenting that your child needs a crutch. I felt that it was it's one more thing. Like it's one more thing that's adding to the tragedy that you're seeing in your kid. But it's yeah. also of the Simpson kids, 
Lisa is the one who tries most to be mature, tries most yeah. to be an adult, tries most to tackle things. Maggie is so the most successful. I'm sorry. Yeah, Maggie is the most successful. But Lisa is the one who tries so hard to be a put together person. So I understand that when you see your child regressing, it's not that you're upset that they need it. It's just like, oh my God, my heart breaks because you need to do this again because I've seen what you can do. I've seen what you have resilience for. And it breaks my heart that this event caused you to not only be terrified, but to also regress in everything that you've learned. And it's it's fears that what if my child doesn't get over that? Yeah. Which... um. I've read a lot into the performance, by the way, on that one. I'm real. I pulled a U right there. Yeah. I pulled a U <laughs> on a tiny line. Um, there's one other line that I'm not sure we're going to agree on either. And it's Marge saying that Bart is thinking only of himself during like her, during her plan to like basically placate Bart. Yeah. Uh, Bart is 10. Bart got embarrassed at the Krusty Land Halloween demonstration Bart loves Halloween as much as Homer does. Bart had a shit day, which we saw of because Skinner's a hypocrite that made Bart take all of his stuff away, but doesn't oh, look yeah, at database. Yeah, which does Yeah, which doesn't look at databases sword from yeah. Minecraft, by the way. That's still a weapon. So of course he's going to react with sheer pain at Everscream Terrors, the one thing he put effort into being taken down. Marge is a better mother than that. I, I do love her solution to it, but Marge is a much better mother than that because he wasn't thinking only of himself and she should have read into her kid a lot more than that. It was a, can we chalk that up to a, a small amount of lazy writing? Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, oh. <clears throat> okay. So there's a couple things I want to highlight. Um, so we see, we've mentioned it before, Homer and Marge actually, like, they're trying to solve their kids' problems the best way they know how. And I think a big example of that is Marge desperately trying to find something for Bart and Maggie to do, to not miss out. Yeah. And then the other really good example of that is um, Homer is desperately trying to protect himself, his kid, but then also Lisa from all of these Halloween fears. Yep. Um, so he's being there. He's being a really good parent here. I want to shout out adult Halloween, grown up. Oh, Halloween. that's fantastic. It is a, an amazing Rocky song, like Rocky Horror Picture Show reference. Um, so well done. They did their own thing with it. So well written. It's been a while since we've seen a Halloween song. This I think it's been a while since we've seen a Halloween song, period. But it's so good. Um, shout out to I Saw an Areola. Yes. That was the line there. I thought it was funny. Um, and then also, uh, when we go back to speaking of songs, this is why I'm going back and forth. Uh, creepy nursery rhyme like in every movie. <laughs> yeah. I I enjoyed that too. Okay. Um, let me see where, where else. Uh, oh, Homer actually spending time with Lisa post-trauma, trying yep. to reassure her despite his own pain. I just wrote, God. Um, 
Homer scared out of his wits saying, okay, okay, intruders in the house. No problem. Got to call the cops. Got to call the cops. Got to find my cell phone. They took my cell phone and they forgot to pay my phone bill. Um, wait, wait, why are we going to Mr. Flanders' house? Oh, you know, to see his kids. I I finally want to find out which one is Rod, which one is Max. <laughs> that was really good. Um, Lisa rocking back and forth saying, this isn't real, this isn't real. And Homer just saying, it's very real. Yeah. Um, maybe There's I- so much weight in, in yeah. that exchange. Oh God, it's, it's lovely. Maybe I shouldn't admit this to my daughter, but I'm scared too. But you can't let fear shut down your brain because between the two of us, we've only got one good one. So sweet. Oh, it's so sweet. Um, and finally, um, Yardley Smith's direction and emphasis on, I've got something that will burn. Yep. Followed by the, are you sure from Homer? And the near break that Yearly Smith does on Light Him Up. Yeah. It's it's really, really powerful. Oh, um, it's so good. And here we get the levity is from the uh, Marge, Bart, and Maggie plotline. Yeah. Because you get kind of the classic, can we talk about the whole, oh, we're going to trick-or-treat in this one neighborhood because we know they give out the good stuff. And then... I don't think we get the gated community thing in Canada that no. much, not at all. But I have heard horror stories in the states, and I'm just like, really, you couldn't open up your doors for like the kids to have a good time? Like you, you seriously had to be like, you're not in our neighborhood, you don't get to be part of this. Like seriously, if they took the time to go out there, like come on. I I just I have to be like, how dare you? some HOA bullshit right there. Also, like I said, the levity after that, like extreme, like it's a very emotional plot line. And it's very powerfully delivered. Yep. Um, I, I cannot stress this enough how good it is. It's so good. I want to shout out Carl and Lenny as Kang and Kodos. Yay! Kang and Kodos! Um, now, th- there was an opportunity for them to be sexy Kang and Kodos, which was missed, no, but I- no, I'll accept that. No, it's Kang and Kodos. It's Kang and Kodos. Hey, there's going to be some where we don't get them at all. Yes. So or the just... fake out one that we got. Let's not talk about that here. I uh, Can I talk about the ending? Yes. Um, Maggie magic and the Halloween theme. Yes. I very much enjoyed it. Very, very much enjoyed it. That's all I have to, it's a very, it's not a treehouse, but it is so solid. Like this is solid. Like I honestly, I'm going to put it in my top five. Like my top, my top five, uh, treehouse of horrors of all time. It's in yeah. there. It's up there. Oh, it it's, deserves to be. It is solid. Solid, solid, solid. I, yeah, it's, um, I I have nothing other to say. Like, it's brilliant. 
Like you don't have to try to like it. You just do. No, you just. If you're a fan of like classic Simpsons and you want that characterization. This is the this is the one. This is the one of the modern era that regardless, I know you can watch. I know you can like. It's really good. Um, do you want me to go into ratings and uh, voice actor MVPs? Uh, yeah, sure. I, I just I have to agree with you. This is yeah. the not a treehouse. Sorry, I'm just always going to call it that because yep. it's so good. I thought it was a treehouse until I went to like do my my numbers on my notes and realized yeah. that it wasn't. It is so good. Yeah, I and- was so happy when you said that we were doing this one because this is so much better than the treehouses at a, like the last few treehouses especially. I feel like um because they had this one and then 26 in the same year. Yeah. I feel like the people on this one were like, we didn't get treehouse. Well fine, we're gonna out treehouse treehouse. Like that's we'll have our own Halloween special with blackjack and hookers. Yeah. You know what? Forget the blackjack. Yeah, like they they were like, we're we're doing this. So yeah, ratings and MVP. Nine out of, so the rating is nine out of ten. It's that good all the way through. What keeps it from being a ten out of ten for you? Because this there, is so this is brilliant to me. This one. There's a there's a few hiccups in the writing. Okay, yes, we and and um, the Skinner PC pirate thing. When database walks when database walks through with his weapon. And his other things like that, it's it is a deliberate shot against Bart. And that that combined with the writing hiccups keeps it from being a 10 out of 10 for me. But they're they're few and far between. Um, I have to say something because I got I can't remember how old I was when I got turned off by The Simpsons, but I remember being like why are they they trying to go for this family guy thing like yeah where's the the family stuff underneath that where's the uh because yeah. family guy works for family guy but the simpsons was already well established the relationships between the characters yeah and they started um king of queens as well had had a similar format where i was like why are you trying to be king of queens why are you why are you trying to do this and this felt like after all of that we came back to form like this yes, is the this yes absolutely you are absolutely right yeah. nine, 9 out of 10 my voice actor MVPs it's obvious Dan Castellaneta and Yardley Smith it's obvious heavy plot line it was great they did and so they well with nail it. it they nail yeah. it it's so good I I can't say I can't heap enough praise onto those two Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. I think um, top five definitely. Yeah. Um, I almost want to say like we're talking about like our top rated treehouse episodes. This goes in there. Like, yeah. It's 
and it's and it has nothing to do with pandering to me and my sensibilities. Like this is obviously to this me, is, this is higher. This is just pure gold, pure yeah. un unadulterated gold. Yeah, this is this is amazing. It's not only amazing for Treehouse; it's amazing for The Simpsons. Yep, like it's just solid across the board. And okay. on that note, next ones up will be Treehouse 26, Treehouse only... 27, and Treehouse 28. Which Watch will, my pen. Which will all be quite interesting. Although I will say Treehouse 28 has one of my favorite celebrity voice inclusions. Treehouse 26 has one of mine. Oh, perfect. So at least we'll find something we both like. Yeah. So that's good. And then I love how neither of us shouted out Treehouse 27. <laughs> we'll get into why. Yeah. Although I will say the um, the intro for Treehouse 27, that was too real. Too real, guys. Too, too real. Yeah. Too real in that intro. On that note, um, if you want to see what else we're doing, uh, check out www.deathpixie.ca. Remember, you can go there and hire Little Crabsworth to do voice work for you, even if it's just a ringtone. Crabsworth can care. do ringtones. He doesn't care. Crabsworth will dance for the money. Yes, he will. Uh, anything you want to say to the people before we embark upon this? Uh, no. By the way, final thing. Did you know that this year we're getting two tree houses? I've watched one of them. How dare you watch without me? Now that's fine. Don't Go. worry. By the time we get to it, it'll already be available on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> and on that note... Bye-bye, everybody!